Red Shirts, and welcome to Follow Me and Die. I'm your host, Larry Hamilton, and today is December 31st, 2022. So after a long silence for me here on the YouTube channel, my podcast, and not so much activity on my blog, I'm squeezing in a year-end review of 2022 that I'll have a companion article on my blog, a podcast, and a vidcast here on YouTube. So I'm just going to go over the highlights from my drafted and ready-to-go blog post, and I'll have the link in the show notes when that's ready. So I hope you all have managed to make it to the final day of 2022 without too much grief. I hope you've managed to get in gaming. And as always, I hope that all of you are able to get in a lot of gaming in 2022. Did I just say it's 2022? I probably did. So I hope you made it through 2021 and that your 2022 gives you many opportunities for gaming, time with friends and family, and is overall a much better year than the past couple of years have been for the world. Quickly, my review. I had conventions. I did virtual Gary Con, and then this summer I had a one-day con in my garage called Garage Con. I'll have a link to the blog post on that in my year-end review article. I went to Gamehole Con because they actually had a live con this year. That was wonderful. Grand Con, the local con in Grand Rapids, Michigan, was canceled due to COVID, so that didn't happen. And Yukon in Ann Arbor, Ypsilanti, Michigan, was supposed to be a live con, but with the Delta and Omicron rearing their heads, they made that a virtual con. And I get loads of virtual gaming. I play in a weekly game on Wednesday, and I run a weekly game on Sunday. I've been playing virtually on Roll20 for years because I didn't have an in-person group, or what in-person groups I had didn't last very long. So I've got my fill of virtual gaming and was looking forward to actual gaming with in-person. So my in-person gaming experience at GarageCon just was awesome. And I'm hoping to do GarageCon next year in the summer. I only have room for about 20, maybe 30 people. So it's going to be by invitation only, unfortunately. And then on my blog, I had 18 articles, including this one. And the other day, I got a comment on the blog that my RSS feed is only showing 2021 articles. And evidently, it's got a limit of something. Also, it's got some issues where it's broken in the past, so I'm not sure if it's broken or what. I'm looking at an option of migrating from my current blog platform to a more static site, but I'm going to try with some smaller websites I use for other things and see how well those go before I do something the size of this one. My podcast. Counting this one, I've got six episodes when I get this edited and posted as a podcast. YouTube. I had some success on that. I finally passed a thousand subscribers, so I'm now monetized again. 
I've had uh, YouTube long enough that way back when I started, it was monetized, uh, but you had to get a certain amount of money before they'd send you anything. And I had like a dollar of earnings from uh, other videos on a different channel than my Follow Me and Die channel. And then they changed the rules like three times keep moving the goalposts of what it take to get monetized. Well, I've had the views for quite a while, and most of that's thanks to the pandemic, unfortunately. Uh, my web series, Roll20 for the Absolute Beginner, really made my YouTube channel take off. I uh, still have some ideas for Roll20. I have some new thing I came up with for running city adventures that doesn't require a full-blown map so that you can still have more theater of the mind but with a bit of a map to keep straight what's going on and I'll be making a video about that hopefully not too long from now uh, unfortunately January is my busy time of year at work and so I know I can't really commit to much more than playing in the Wednesday game and running my Sunday game but I only had four videos before this one that just shows you I really didn't have much output. I actually streamed once this year on Twitch. I'll have a link in my blog post to that. I had a three-hour episode of streamed cleaning and organizing this bookshelf back behind me. It's three different bookshelves and I basically took every, well almost everything off and dusted and reorganized so I've got a before and after picture on my blog where I wrote about that as well. My drive-through RPG efforts I didn't put out anything new this year. I think this past year I edited a couple of my PDFs to improve, you know, gave them another editing pass, but I didn't really create anything new. I do have plans to give all of my PDFs another editing pass, perhaps new content and work on the formatting. And when I do that, they will no longer be pay what you want. So if you want my uh, PDFs, at the price of your choosing. Go ahead and grab them now. You'll get the updates when they're released that way. I would appreciate though if you like what I put out just throw a little my way. Don't have to break the bank. A buck. That'd be cool. Uh, my card game. I did receive a lot more of the art from the artist I arranged. I don't have all of it. I've got I don't know 10 or 12 pieces of art that I think I'm still waiting on. I really haven't pushed it. I haven't even played my game since the pandemic started and sometime before the pandemic started. I finally played on Christmas. My youngest, my younger son came over and my granddaughter, her family lives with me. My older son and his wife and daughter live with me. So my uh, younger son and granddaughter played my card game and they both really liked it. And my granddaughter is hilarious. I've got to read this quote. It's a pretty fun game for an almost seven year old and she had to throw that in because from uh, her birthday's in the middle of January. So in a couple, less than two weeks, she'll be seven years old. At Gamehole Con, I started on TikTok. Yes, I have a TikTok. A couple of fellows I interacted with there. One I had played in a game online at uh, GaryCon two years ago. We spent a lot of time talking of an evening and... Another encouraged me to get on TikTok, so I did some streaming from Gamehole Con, and I've done a few TikToks since then. 
the thing I find is getting an idea that really fits TikTok. You've got a maximum of, I believe, three minutes, so it forces you to be concise or to have several follow-on TikToks. I'm working on trying to figure that out. I got involved with a program called Obsidian. It's a knowledge-based application, not the campaign management website, Obsidian. I really like how it works. It uses the markdown language, and I've moved the local copy of my Sunday game wiki to that from a different application. The great thing about it is it's all text files, so it's not locked up in some database that takes more advanced knowledge, which I've got the knowledge to get stuff out of databases. It's just that's more hassle than I want to deal with, and the text file weight is great. I've got a blog post that I've been working on for that, and I'll be doing a video and podcast on that, hopefully not too much longer. Back in the summer, I dipped my toes into solo RPGs. I did a podcast and a blog post about it, but I really haven't got back into it. I had lots of notes for doing that. I foresaw doing a lot with that, and I don't know what happened. I think it was all the work it took to clean out my garage to do garage con kind of was taking all my focus. But I did come up with some ideas for using Roll20 with solo gaming. Uh, I do have a, there was a solo game I found that I got it where I can do it in Roll20 to make it, well, it doesn't waste paper and it makes it so you can play it on, I guess, your phone or your tablet if you've got Roll20 there. I've also got a couple other things. I've got ideas for Roll20. I promised a couple of things back in the spring about Roll20 changes, and I didn't get that done. I'll have to do that at some point. Today is the deadline to submit games to run them at GaryCon. Well, I've been thinking about it, and I was initially going to run some games at GaryCon, but two years ago, the first GaryCon to be affected by COVID, I had signed up for, I think, almost totally the war games. Because I really haven't played a war game with minis since way back in the day in the 80s with stuff that my brothers and I would do with uh, those little plastic army soldiers. I really want to get a chance to do that while a lot of the old guard is still around. Hopefully COVID doesn't impact them being present. But I will be bringing my card game, the version that I last took to GaryCon, I guess it's three years ago now, come this March. And I'll have the version that I was working on back when, in the midst of COVID, when I thought I'd actually have a Kickstarter. And then I found out my diagnosis of prostate cancer, and that sort of derailed all my plans. So I'm not going to do a Kickstarter. I'm just going to put it out on probably Drive-Thru RPG and probably also Game Crafters. That There's not much I can do about shipping over outside the U.S., it's going to cost what it costs. I guess I could print some off and have them at the cons I go to. So you can pick them up if you're in a con. That's still a flight over here and whatnot is not cheap. Uh, I don't know if you've got ideas for how to print a card game closer to where you are. That might solve the problem. I don't know. And then I thought it would be good to have my favorite RPG experience as a player and my favorite RPG experience as a game master. And I encourage you to write in the comments 
what are your favorite experiences as a player or a game master or both? So as a player, my favorite experience was bringing back an old PC. In the Wednesday night game, we're on campaign two. In campaign one, my first character was killed. And we use a rule that is popular among old school players of the shield shall be splintered, that you can splinter your shield instead of take damage. And in the heat of the combat, I forgot that. And that's the only reason my guy died is because I didn't apply this rule. And the game master told me later, well, if you want to wake up with a bad headache, you can do that. I said, no, 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 it's my fault for not remembering. And I went ahead and went to my alternate character. Well, the alternate character died a few, several sessions ago now in the second campaign. And so I asked if I could bring back this character because of the what we talked about with the shield. And I can't go into details because it hasn't been revealed in game why he's alive. But we brought him back. And I was, basically his mind is broken. He's not right. He's not even going by his name and says that his name is dead. And he's now, I am Kalratha, which means home killer because his home of dwarves is destroyed and it's his fault. He bears that guilt and other guilt. And in the first campaign, there was a situation where he was taken over by a stow roper and it has this ability to force you to defend it with your best possible attack. And my best possible attack was a magic sword with one charge left that got 20 attacks and the guy and I was underwater and this other character dove in to save me from drowning and everybody sees blood in the guy's head bob up in the water because he was chopped to bits. Well, when the mind control effect wore off, I had my character lose his stuff. Well, another player thought that meant that my mind had been taken over by the bad guys and was not making me feel comfortable continuing with that story, so I had to snap out of it. Well, that person's not in this campaign part two, so I'm going with that, getting it out of my system. And it has been fun to go several sessions until I finally revealed that Thorfus isn't really dead, but it's not really Thorfus or something. It's very confusing. The whatever it was he was talking to in his pack is a head of the PC that he killed. It's actually a large rock about the size of a head. That was revealed that that's what he was talking to. So he's all the time saying, well, Ronan will tell you, or Ronan will stand watch. Uh, that's been fun with that and to actually get to explore that. And uh, it was hilarious because several times I basically gave it away by saying, well, Thorpus does this. And I didn't, instead of saying Kelrath and Thorpus, oh, I'm sorry. Well, the name is from my Lord of the Rings online first character I ever made is Thorfus Ironhand, and I just have used that for several dwarves that I've played at convention games or other pickup games and stuff. So I thought, oh, that's a good name. So I, I went with it. So there's lots of reasons why I use that name besides that. If it had been unique to the campaign, I may not have made the mistake, but I've used it so many times it's kind of second nature. So that was very fun. The other characters really enjoyed when uh, the big reveal finally came, but he's still 
uh, going by Calratha and still not back to normal. Now, my favorite experience as a DM in my Sunday game, there was a situation came up and one of the characters had a Gaius cast on him and was told to go get this item and to go to the map of destiny to figure out where it is. This map of destiny is a map carved into the back of a cave that if you're on a quest or you've got a Gaius on you, you can ask it where the item is you're sent to find and it'll light up on the world map. You can't get any narrower so you don't know exactly where it is. You just know, oh, it's near this city or near this mountain or on this island. And then you got to go from there. Anybody else that is not affected by a quest spell or a Gaius spell, if they ask where something is, it'll light up and they'll know, but then they have to save versus magic or they get Gaius to go get the item. So they're asking all these questions and more than one of them failed their save. So the first guy, it turned out that one of the things he asked about was also in the place of this first item that the other character was gayest by a wizard to go get. So they get it, and they get the other item. They have to come back to the map of destiny. He sets it on the floor, and it sinks down into the floor, and the players start using all their magic, a stone shape and rock to mud and all this, to find the chamber under there. There's no chamber. It's solid stone as far as they kept going. And then it filled in overnight. So then one of the players said, well, where is that item? It lit up on the screen that it's on an island to the south. And the guy fails his save. So now they've got to go get the item they just got done getting. And so then they had this big fight trying to deal with some cultists that just happened to be on this island. And this item was in their storeroom. And so what the deal is, when it sinks down in the floor, I have a random direction and a random distance. So they're lucky it was on an island and not at the bottom of the ocean. In trying to figure out how this worked, because they were expecting that they would find all the items that were brought to this map of destiny sitting somewhere like in a cave or something. And so the higher level of the two wizards is 10th level, and in AD&D, that means he can do two fifth level spells and he knows teleport. So they rested up and he memorized two teleports and he said, where am I? Aha, very smart. He failed his save versus spell, which is pretty tough for a 10th level magic user. And he sank into the floor and he appeared in a depression in a rainstorm and later found out he was on an island. He didn't learn much. And so he teleports back to the people soaking wet. He wants to see if he goes back to the same place. So the next day, after resting and memorizing the two teleports, he says, where am I? Fails his save again, sinks into the floor, right before the eyes of the characters. He appears in the middle of a blizzard amidst a herd of caribou and spooks them. And all he can see is blowing snow and running caribou. And so he teleports back now covered with snow that is melting. So they've determined that it's random and they don't know how it works. Well, it's totally random. That's how it works. I don't even know where they're going until they decide to do something like that. But it was hilarious because they had all these different things that they kept burning up time because they kept wanting to go 
to the capital city of the kingdom that they're now in. And it just took them forever. It took them like, I don't know, six weeks or something to do something that should have taken them a week and a half because they kept going on all these side quests. And the last quest, one of the players said, well, where's so-and-so, which was the name of a player character that is now an NPC because that player left the game and they failed their save. So they're going to have to go weeks in the wrong direction to go get this guy and bring him back. Well, it turned out on the guy that said, well, where's this item that so-and-so set down? He got killed because he decided to go toe-to-toe with the big bad of these cultists when everybody else was scattered around and the he had a staff of striking and gave him a beat down and that was the end of that guy well the other magic user the one with the two teleports had a scroll he got somewhere of reincarnation so he just pulled it out and reincarnated the guy right then and there and it turned out he rolled a human so i ruled that he might look like his brother or a close relative so the player has enjoyed playing it as mostly that guy but not quite fuzzy memories and not acting right so it's that's been fun and the player enjoyed it i ruled that death stops a quest or a gaius pretty extreme but that that to me in my game seemed like the way to do that without that they finally were able to go to the capital city because they want to get a ship and become pirates and some of them are talking about buying a ship and some of them are talking about stealing a ship and they said why would we buy a ship if we're going to be pirates let's just take one so that's been interesting that whole discussion so far nothing's really come of it this higher level magic user has a portable hole and he displayed it so the gossip got around the city so the thieves guild wants it and so every night instead of sleeping in the room that they've rented at this inn he keeps telling about porting back to the village where they started at the beginning of the campaign that makes it very hard for them to get after him and so they want to get out of town well it turned out there was a vampire that attacked the bunch of thieves guild people that were staking out his room at the inn and so the cleric's like oh we got to take care of this whatever it is i think it's a vampire well it is a vampire we left off the last session with its stake through the heart and then waiting till sunrise to make sure it's dead. They don't know if that's the only vampire. They suspect it's probably not. They probably aren't getting out of the city anytime soon. So I love how their intended destination keeps getting delayed because they keep doing all the little side quests that they don't have to do. But, you know, players, oh, there's a quest. Let's go do that. Oh, there's this. Let's go do that. So that was, that's been a lot of fun. I've, the year ahead, 2022, I'm looking to put out my card game, like I said, it's going to just be on probably drive through RPG and Game Crafters. No more when I get there. It's going to be a while. January is my busy time at work because I support payroll and accounting software. So everybody's working on trying to get their W-2s and 1099s out and do their year-end and all that fun stuff. So our call volume triples. So until the end of January, most of my creativity is going to be going to learning a new software system that I started with back in the summer, playing in my Wednesday night game and running my Sunday and preparing and running my Sunday game. I'm going to be at Gary Con in March and Marmalade Dog in March. I'll be running some games at Marmalade Dog. The deadline to submit for them is January 31st, so I've got some time, but I know I'm going to be running 
Lizards versus Wizards, which is something I ran at GarageCon. Probably run something with Delving Deeper. It's three different days. I'm not sure if I'll run something each day or not. If I can come up with something, I'll do that. If GrandCon happens this year in Grand Rapids, I'll be at that. I'm also planning to be at GameholeCon and UConn if they have in-person events. And as I mentioned, I'll be giving my PDFs a new editing pass and improving their layout and so forth. And I'll keep playing on my Wednesday night game. I don't know. The Game Master does have a uh, ending to the campaign. That's why we're on Campaign 2. Campaign 1 had a big ending. There'll be, there might be a big ending with this one. It depends. Uh, we're getting ready to have a big fight that if it doesn't go well, that might be the end of the campaign. We'll find out. I'm really hopeful that 2022 is miles better than the past couple of years. 2021, in my experience, sucked, but it was a lot better than 2020. It could have been a lot better than it was, but we don't get to choose that. It's over in a couple hours here. It's coming up on 7.30 Eastern Time. So the new year will be here before we know it. And it's just another day. Think about it. If we didn't put special significance on this point in time or that point in time and have the calendar to track it, it's not any different than between yesterday and today. And try to get to a con. I really think everybody should get to a convention, at least one, just to see what it's like. And if you've got a small local con like the Marmalade Dog I keep mentioning about is run at the University at Western Michigan and Kalamazoo, it's just a small thing, a couple hundred people, maybe 300 on a really full year. It's not huge. We all squeeze in one big ballroom type room. Even if it's a small con like that, just give it a shot. If uh, you're close to a bigger con, Give it a try. Even if you just go for a day and walk around and don't play, just see what it's about. I would encourage you that if you want to enhance your skills as a player and as a game master, play with more than one game master. The more game masters I've played with, I've seen how they do things, and I said, oh, I like how they did that. You can cherry pick the things that work for you and incorporate them into your own game style. So I'm influenced by all the game masters I've ever played with. The bad ones help me say, well, that didn't go well. I know to avoid this situation or to better handle it, as well as learning from my own mistakes in play and running games. Yeah, that's where I am. Looking forward to 2022. More gaming, hopefully more in-person gaming. So that's my retrospective on 2021 and looking forward to 2022. So I hope you all are well, in good spirits, able to spend time with family and friends. So as always, thanks for watching and game on. Hello, I'm your host, Larry Hamilton. Welcome to follow me and <coughs> damn, lost another one. We have a new position opening for a mercenary here at follow me and I. Applicants are welcome. Follow Me and Die is an old-school RPG podcast. I share my experiences and ideas about role-playing games that all started with the Holmes Blue Box Basic Dungeons & Dragons over 40 years ago. I've played lots of role-playing games that were new in the late 70s through the mid-80s, 
and some of those I still like to play, especially Dungeons & Dragons. But there's more than older role-playing games out there. I share ideas that will fit into any game or genre. So check out my podcast. I'm always looking for a few good minions. Better do what Grubba says. Knows how to wield a sword. Spells I can and divine. Up on a shield to a wolf. And if you have the time. He's got a mean sales pitch. He even makes it rhyme. And if you need a job. This is his go-to line. Some people want to die poor. I can't imagine why. They say once you fuck the bomb, there's nothing left to buy. But if you want to die rich, go going to find both eyes. Then raise up your long sword, follow me and 